This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why. The podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I am author and editor, Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week, we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is called An Uncertain Future. I feel like we need the Twilight Zone. But I didn't prepare that. So you'll have to imagine it. We'll be answering your listener questions, including one listener who is wondering how to become a caretaker for her parents and another who is afraid to have kids because of global warming. Then we're talking about what's in the news, YouTube's most viewed video ever, and experts weigh in on if it's safe to dine in a tent this winter. But first, Angela, what has been on your mind this week? So I'm finally back in Brooklyn, thank the Lord, after spending a bunch of time uh, out on Long Island with my parents, helping out my mom and helping take care of my dad. Um, And as much as I uh, was happy to be there because I love my parents and, uh, you know, all that, I really fucking hate where I come from. (laughs) (laughs) I really do not like it. That's why I live in Brooklyn now. And, you know, only about an hour and a half away, but worlds apart in terms of uh, cultural differences. Really shocking. Um, Specifically in regard to coronavirus and uh, people's approach, we did like, um, first of all, we could not find any place to do outdoor dining because no place like only like only very few places even had the option. Um, whereas in Brooklyn, like every restaurant is bending over backwards, like building structures in the in like the bike lanes they to don't, provide. They don't space. do that. So not many places had that option. Um, but we we found a place to go at one point, and it was like kind of on the main street of one of the towns out there, and it was on a Saturday night, and every bar was packed, like indoors. Oh my like, god! That I would was drive like, me nuts. It made my brain melt. I, how, I was how like, I can't believe this is happening. Spreading more there, or is it? Um, I mean, it's kind of peaking everywhere right now. Um, so I mean, it probably is. It's definitely going to get worse before it gets better. I think. Um, but yeah, there was a party bus, a party bus That's full of people insane. that like got dropped off, and like they kind of wear their masks. I think you have to wear it to enter, but people were clearly like taking them off once they were inside to drink. Um, Although there was that article, we're pre-recording this, about like how police shut down a Halloween party with like a thousand, like over a thousand people. So it's like we say like, oh, we're worlds apart in Brooklyn, but like maybe just our bubble. I know. I mean, it's true, but I just, there's definitely a difference in walking down the street here and walking down the street there. I will like people around here, like if you go for a walk, people just wear masks outside because if you're passing someone, you got to wear one and you're always around people. But out there, like they don't do that. Um, so you're right. I should, I, there's definitely people not acting right everywhere. Yeah. Or maybe, but, uh, maybe it had like 400 people. It was like a Brooklyn warehouse with 400 people. Yeah. I, I'm, but yeah, sure. people everywhere. But yeah, but when it's like blatantly in front of your face and the restaurant's packed, that's it's just so crazy. hard to see. And then we went to like a store um, to buy pasta. And like the, usually at least people working places wear masks. And the guy behind the counter was not wearing a mask. And of what? course he had that's like insane. Trump stuff up. And I was like, we're leaving. <laughs> that's <laughs> we're insane. not buying anything here. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. And I feel like people stare at us like we're crazy because we wear our mask all the time. We went to – and granted, it's getting colder. So the mask doing the outdoor actually, dining thing is actually hard. Nice. That's hard. Yeah, but it, but it Mary, does the, feel the nice. mask is nice. Nick said that the other day. He was like, ooh, it's so cold today. And he's like, this mask thing actually is nice. I'm like, I know because I never would wear those face masks prior um, prior to COVID, like the ski masks because I looked like a scary robber. And – and now it's nice that like half my face is covered and the top, like only it's my eyes that are not covered. I know. And you know what? Honestly, like, when, when I get beanie. cold, 
Yeah. When I get cold, I get like a little nasal drip sometimes and the mask covers that. I don't have to be self-conscious about being gross it's ogre great. lady. Um, but yeah, we like – Ian and I desperately needed a drink while we were out there and we like went to this brewery and there were a bunch of people inside and we're like, is it okay if we sit at a table outside? And they kind of were like, sure, but why? And then I think the waitress was pissed because she had to come out just to serve us because everyone else was inside. But we well, were like, everyone we're, else not, is we're not doing it. We're not messing around with this thing. Good for you. So anyway, yeah, pretty wild, the culture shock. But we are back now. Back, baby. Welcome back um, to BK. Back to BK. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I kind of want your advice about something. So I've been doing a lot of self-care while I've been pregnant. I'm, you know, doing it safe. I wear the mask. The practitioner wears the mask, but I'm doing like acupuncture. And I've also been seeing a chiropractor. My chiropractor is always late. So, which is kind of wrong because, yeah, like you said, it's cold. I have to wait like indoors in a waiting room. But although even if I'm, I'm typically the only person in the waiting room. So I guess that's not really a problem, but I, I, I want your advice. So normally when you go for an appointment, if you're more than 10 minutes late, your appointment's canceled and you have to reschedule, right? That's yep. what people make you do as the client. Right. I feel like the same should be applied vice versa. Like, like if they're, I don't know what they would do, but like if they're over 10 minutes late, they like number one should give you a heads up before you even come. So you don't like, like half the time I'm like rushing over there, like saying, you know, goodbye to Rilo. I'll be right back. And like, if I don't need to be rushing, I don't want to be rushing, you know? Right. Um, they should text. I don't know. Just, I want like equal courtesy, but this person is chronically late. So the other day I had to walk out because I was waiting 20 minutes. I was like, this oh is God. insane. I'm waiting 20 minutes for my appointment. That's a 15 minute appointment. Like, are you kidding me? You know? And I was supposed to have dinner with Nick outdoors. So <laughs> I just left. I texted. I was like, hey, I waited 20 minutes. I can't wait any longer. I have an appointment. Like, hope you understand. And she was very, very nice about it. She like let was like, your next appointment will, will be free. But she's still late for the next appointment. Oh, my God. So I just I want to say, know, like, do you walk out twice? Like, how do you make an ap- a point to be like, I don't know if you realize, but you need to space out your appointments or like, it's not my job to tell somebody how to run their business better because she's a, she's an amazing chiropractor. Like I would even consider her a friend. I hope she never listens to this podcast, but I mean, if she does listen to this podcast, I will truly just stop coming. Cause I'll be so embarrassed, but, <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't want to tell somebody like how to better run their business and you know like they but they do like the the back-to-back appointments yeah and it's like chronically late truly every time I've ever come like I've they've never been on time and I like start to feel like you know a lot of anxiety when I'm like three four minutes late for somebody like I just don't want to make somebody waiting and I like I I just get and then that even adds to my like annoyance when I'm like oh my god I'm like three minutes late or two minutes late like oh I feel so bad and then, and then I go there and I wait like 15 minutes and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I was feeling bad about being like two minutes later, you know, and then right. I have to wait 15 minutes every time I go like 10 minutes minimum, like 20 minutes is like, that was not the first time that it happened. That was the only right. time I've ever walked out. But I, I do feel like your thoughts on this. Every doctor I have ever seen, I feel like they always run late. I don't know what it is over scheduling thing or what but like I feel like I'm always waiting and yeah I feel the same way way where it's like I rushed to get here it should be a mutual respect thing like if you have a rule that if I'm 10 minutes late for my dermatology appointment that I have to reschedule my appointment and I can't come like if you're 10 minutes late like I like what can they do that would be of like equal value I don't know but I mean, what like, can they do? They can't be like, I'm running 10 minutes late. Don't come. I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, you can't tell. Like, that doesn't, it doesn't work the other right. way, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I feel like usually doctors have so much on their plate. Like, they're not even thinking to like, they wouldn't call you directly. It would be like them letting their secretary know to let you know. And it's just like, they're not going to do it. Yeah. But the, but whenever I show up for an appointment now, I'm always like, are they running on time? Like, that's the first question I ask, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's also also interesting that you're the only person in the waiting room, and it's so it's clearly not like there's like a ton well, of people there. That 
it's because it's an office. It's like it's like she's the only practitioner in it. But um, but but the time I walked out, another person had arrived, and I was like, "What time's your appointment?" And her appointment <laughs> and her appointment was like right then. And I was like, "Cool, cool, cool." I was like, "Yeah, my appointment was twenty minutes ago." And I was like, "So I'm gonna leave. You're welcome. Right? You'll probably still have to wait. Your appointment will still run late, but like otherwise, you'd be waiting like thirty minutes. You know, you'd be waiting a half an hour, which is yeah. insane. Like I definitely did her a favor by leaving because, but um. I don't know. It's hard. Maybe I'm being a jerk. Maybe like somebody like really had a messed up back and she like took extra time with them. And I'm like, what the fuck? But she's just a very thorough doctor. Yeah. It's more just like a chronic thing where I'm like, you need to space out your appointments. Like you need to leave like five, 10 minutes in between your appointments. You just do. Yeah. I mean, I would shop around, I think, uh, unless she's like got a great location or it's great location. And great. I do really yeah. love her. Yeah. It's hard. Then, yeah. Anyway, and I would suck it up. these are. But it sucks. It's annoying. First Maybe world you could leave, problems Maybe you could leave that, like, like an anonymous review somewhere. I know that would be so mean. I wouldn't do that. I'll just publicly talk about it on my podcast, but, <laughs> but not say who Much she better. is. Yeah, so. no one will ever know. Um, but yeah, I know. I wish I could like send in like if I could send an anonymous like email or like mm. something that was private, something that wouldn't hurt her business because she is really right. amazing and I love her and she's like a kind person but it's like you're chronically late with your clients i'm not though and i a multiple clients have like said this you know it's like multiple we yeah. all talk about like or no we don't all talk about it but it's like a thing you know anyway but i love her so much i really pray she's still listening okay <laughs> anyway if she ever calls you out you could just be like oh it's my other chiropractor it's the other one if she I ever do. calls you out i will just die on the spot and then never show up again um, all right. It is time to jump into our mailbox, but first let's take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor Squarespace. Turn your cool idea into a new website. Turn your bad idea into a new website. It could be good. It could be bad. Sometimes you got to like workshop it in public. Is this bad advice, Angela? I think a good website can take a bad idea far. There you go. So it's not bad advice. Make it yourself. Easily create a website by yourself, which is what Angela and I did when we were a scrappy little sketch show like we talked about a million times on this podcast that we started as a sketch show. Then we got a book deal. Then that book got optioned for TV. Almost had a TV show. That didn't happen. So now we have an awesome podcast. That's the... That's going on episode, I don't know, 250 something, 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 something. And ultimately, we owe it all to having a nice website. Okay. Maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I do have to say it has made us along our journey, which started in 2013, look a whole hell of a lot more professional. Because even when we were just like a scrappy little sketch show, we got some nice ass photos that my professional photographer neighbor did for us for free. We threw some professional photos up on the website, put our show dates, links to tickets, and like pretty soon like the tabs started growing. We got some press. We added a press tab. We got, you know, more dates, uh, whatever. We, we, the tabs grew as we grew. But I do have to say like having a professional presence goes a long way. Like I roll my eyes when I see somebody's website that looks like it's from like 1999. Yeah. It's, it's like how they say fake it till you make it. A great way to fake it is to have a really nice website. And then eventually, you know, you'll catch up to the, to the polish of your website professionally. So how, if you know nothing about building a website, do not be concerned because Squarespace has beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Um, they have a new way to buy domains, so you can choose from over 200 extensions. Uh, it's really fun coming up with what your URL is going to be. Maybe it's your name, but maybe it's something fun. Maybe it's the name of your business. I don't know. See if it's available. Um, and they have 24-7 award-winning customer support if you ever get confused. Check out squarespace.com slash single for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use our offer code single to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash single for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code single to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. What is in the mailbox? Yeah, I wish people sent us questions like what I just asked you because I, those are the kinds of things that are like, they're like first world problems but they consume my brain like even more than like big giant problems sometimes because I get like a lot of anxiety about small things like that you know except sometimes the advice that 
we would give is probably unsatisfying because it's just like, yeah, it sucks, but I'd probably just keep going and I mean, my advice complain would be about it. I wouldn't follow myself because I like her so much. Like if I was giving advice to someone else, what would I have said about the chiropractor? I would have probably, yeah, said like, maybe you just need to find someone else. I would be like, I mean, I'd be like, if you want to be real crazy, like, um, like open a, like a new email address and send like an anonymous. <laughs> But that's a lot of psychotic work. That's a, yeah, I know. That's I don't know if I would advise would that. <laughs> I don't know if I'd advise that. That's what a, psycho, a psychotic person would get a different email address and send an anonymous email about being late. I would be, I would be, I would love to hear that story of someone doing that, but I don't think I would advise it. Okay, true. All right. What do we have from our listeners? We're going to give good advice, not advice like that. That's right. Not crazy person advice. Okay. So this is from Jade and Jade writes, she says, basically, I'm trying to figure out how to transition into the role of caretaker for my parents and my partner's parents. I've been starting to think of this more during the pandemic, having to educate them on how to take care of themselves and make sure they're wearing masks slash not going to restaurants, fights about travel, et cetera. Um, these have all made me realize that sometimes I'm the adult in our relationship now. On a bigger scale, though, how do you have a conversation with your parents to learn about their financial assets and readiness for retirement and old age? Or how do you ask them about their plans for their home and where they live, what their expectations are for when they can't be on their own anymore? They're not old enough to need that sort of help now, but I want to figure out how to build that foundation so when we are at that point, it won't be so awkward or uncomfortable. Love the pod and the rebrand. Also, let Angela know that I decided to cancel my bachelorette party this week because COVID so we can commiserate together. Sorry, Jade. I know that that sucks. Totally. Um, This is a really great question and a thing that like luckily I haven't had to deal with quite yet, but like we're getting there. It's scary and we're getting there. It's on the horizon. I mean, what you really hope you have is parents that like have a lot of this figured out. Like luckily my parents have been like pretty open with my brother and sister and I about that they have like a financial planner and they have like a retirement plan. They have like you know, they like went over a bunch of stuff with us, sat us around the table. Like they, they initiated it, sat us around the table and like talked about a lot of this stuff. I don't think we actually got into, you know, like at what point do you want to like us to consider putting you in a home? Cause I think like, no, that's like, it's not clear cut and like nobody like knows that, you know, you kind of right. like you're there when you're there and it's not a situation anybody wants to be in. I don't think they would they would say like, if under these circumstances, cause you just don't know until you're in those circumstances. I mean, I do know they've discussed things like getting a single story home so that right. at some point when you're older, like going up the stairs is not very safe and it's uncomfortable. It's not good with your knees. So they like, they've talked about eventually they know they'll move into a single story home. And I think like everybody hopes that they'll like live in their, they'll be able to like live in their home forever. And like, if, and when, like maybe have like a caretaker come, but you just don't know until they're in like whatever bad declining health situations in terms of their finances. Yeah. I got really lucky that my parents kind of sat down and talked to me and, and just like knowing my dad, he's since I've been like very young, he's been drilling in about like 401k retirement plan stuff since I was like 18, you know? So he's been in my head about that since I first got a job out of college and so God knows like he certainly has a plan and I'm like very lucky. I do not envy anybody who has parents that like are just you know, that like aren't very financially careful or aware and you know one day are going to like retire and like not not have much like I, I, I can't I, I have so much sympathy because that would be such a difficult decision and just yeah situation. And you also don't want that to be a surprise one day. So it is good that, you know, like Jade to start thinking about these things and having these conversations early. Have you you don't had you don't want to find out that like your parent is in debt while at the same time that they're like in the hospital or something. You know, you want to totally. do it now while everyone's healthy. Um, so my mom for years now, she has a big envelope that says IDC on it, which stands for oh, I'm sorry, uh yeah, ICD. It stands for in case I die. Um, and it has everything, I know it has all important papers and just like everything that I would need. Um, you're an only child though. So this is like, that's actually like incredibly, you know, like, yeah, smart of her smart and like, you know, 
morbid and but mostly and smart. morbid. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. So it's because she's had to be caretaker for or had to be for her mother, and she also helped take care of my dad's mom. So like she's done it many times. So she wants the process to be as easy as possible for me. But I will say, uh, because it is so morbid. For years, she's been like, let me go over the in case I die folder with you. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want to talk about this. Like, I'm just like, we'll do it another time. And I always put it off. Um, And yeah, this last year, as Jade pointed out with like COVID and everything else and like uh, parents getting sick, it's like, oh, shit. Like I do. We this is an unpleasant conversation, but it is a good one to have. And it's better to have it, like I said, during a stable time than during a time when everything is falling apart. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have a friend whose dad got sick earlier in the year and she found out that he didn't have a will put together. And I remember we were like in our group chat, we were talking about it and my other friends were like, oh, well, I'm pretty sure my parents have a will. Like, And then we all found out one by one that none of our parents had a will. Really? Uh, I mean, it's like, yes. it's so irresponsible because it's not, it's, it's like an injustice to your children because yeah. if you if yeah, if you don't have a will, it's like a whole it like probate court. I I I don't from what I hear, like probate courts, like it's just a mess. It's like a it's just a messier situation, especially if you have more than one kid. Oh my god, if you have more than one kid, then it's like a big hot mess, and you don't want relationships to be ruined. Like right, like in my family, like you know, uh, like like relationships have been ruined when like grandparents have died and like their kids like fight over the will and like like what off that's like a you that as a parent you would think that that's got to be like your worst nightmare is like your parents is your children like fighting and like their relationship getting ruined because you like didn't have like a specific will in place like awful um I always I don't know this is a tactic that I use a lot when I have to like bring up awkward things Angela and like you can tell me if you like agree or disagree but I always say like I was reading this article and <laughs> blah 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 and like I do that when it comes to like awkward childcare conversations like I was reading this yeah. article about like toxic plastic and like so can you please not use this with my son blah, 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 blah. right like I was reading this article and uh, about like relationships Nick and like blah, 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 blah. But like I so like whenever I have to bring up a conversation, an awkward conversation, I always say like, I just was reading this article and it, you know, it brought up like, you know, especially during with COVID, like how important it is to have these like conversations with parents about what their hopes are for um, for, you know, if they get sick or all the mm-hmm. things you brought up, like financial retirement and like old age and like we've never talked about it. And, you know, if you feel comfortable, mom and dad. I would like love to just have that conversation with you and just be on the same page and be transparent. I don't know. That's how I would bring it up because that is like my comfort zone is saying like, yeah. oh, I was reading about this thing and you could uh, say I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about. Yeah. And you can always say, um, yeah, you could say I was listening to this podcast and the hosts were talking about how you know, they hadn't had these conversations with their parents or or how they did have these conversations with their parents. And it made me realize that, you know, we haven't. And yeah, like, I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want. And I, it would just make me as I plan, like to know, you know, if I need to help you and I just want to like plan better. So if we could like have this awkward and uncomfortable conversation, I think calling it out for being awkward and uncomfortable is a good starting place to be honest. Yeah. And if you feel weird, like if you don't want to make them feel like old and decrepit, just be like, I want to have this conversation now while you're young and vibrant and you have all your marbles is perfect advice. Yeah. All right. What else we got in the mailbox? Okay. Next up, this is from Ruth. And um, so I had posted um, looking specifically for questions about our topic this week, which is uncertain future. And we're going to talk a little bit about the idea of anticipatory grief. Um, So Ruth wrote in, she said, I feel anticipatory grief about climate change all the time. Uh, It's gotten really bad. Uh, It's gotten so bad that I don't even know if I want to have kids anymore because I'm too filled with fear for what state of the earth they will have to live in. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is like a a thing I hear a lot from like a lot of my friends that either are either like dating somebody that is in the not renewable energy space, but like, um, like clean, I don't know. I don't even know what the space you call, but like, 
my friend Katie, her boyfriend, yeah. her boyfriend, like he deals with like plastics from the ocean and turning them into useful things. What would you call that? Is it kind of what like uh, Ian does, s- right? Right. Well, I guess Ian sustainable envir- environmental sustainability. Yeah, okay, sustainability. Thank you. That was the words I was looking for. Sometimes a podcast say so many words and you can't think of the words anyways i know um and they're like oh i feel like bad bringing people you know our humans already overpopulate the earth blah 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 what i would say to a person that whenever they bring that up is i understand what you're saying but there's a lot of a lot of those humans that are overpopulating the earth are like wasteful uncaring people and if you're even thinking about not having kids because you're worried about this, like those are the exact kind of kids that need to come into the world are ones that are being raised by somebody that is like so concerned and considerate about the environment. And those are the people that are going to like solve the problems and save yeah. and save the earth. So we need people like you who are concerned about climate change and concerned about the environment and concerned about sustainability. Those are the people that need to be having children and raising children to be concerned and be aware and like make make a change for the better and that would be my like positive glass is half full reason to have kids if if you want to have kids I mean if you don't want to have kids don't have kids but if you want to have kids and you're thinking like I want I really want to have kids but like I have all this guilt about having them like like kids need to be raised by people that are worried about these things so that would that's my advice yeah I, I really I loved that she wrote this in because it reminded me of the fact that like like I said Ian studied environmental sustainability in grad school and uh all these people that I met through his program that are very serious about uh climate change and everything and like they they know more than anybody else like the dire situation that we're in and when I met them all I guess about like three or four years ago at this point a lot of them were like I'm not having kids like because I know what's going to happen whatever and now all these years later almost all of them are having kids so i think like there's exactly. something lovely about that like life finds a way just like they say in Jurassic Park um and i did say to ian i was like wait a minute i thought that they, that like one couple were like no way we're not having kids like it's irresponsible and he was like yeah they told me that they did the math and they realized that things are really going to start to fall apart around the time that their child would be 50 years old so they figured they'll have mostly a good life <laughs> they'll live almost a full life okay before that's shit actually even really more hits dep- the fan that's even more i depressing. know i thought but- whatever they're probably doing the cloth diapers so god bless exactly compost do all the things which i'm all for um, vote vote for politicians who will maybe do something preventative. Yeah. Um, if you want your listener questions answered, email us at contact. This is why the podcast.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website. This is why the podcast. You can email us about anything in the world. Next, we're going to dive into this week's topic. But first, let's thank our sponsors. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Movement. We all know that 2020 isn't playing by any of the usual rules, and that goes for holiday shopping too. Between shipping delays and the mess and stress of shopping in-store right now, there aren't great options, but our friends over at Movement Watches have made gifting easy. Movement makes clean and modern watches, eyewear, blue light glasses, and jewelry, getting great quality and style. It doesn't have to break the bank. Angela, I, I cannot like say you should, it's like, you cannot mail people gifts on your own. You have to buy them through companies. I tried to shop like locally at this and send my brother something. Just take a guess at how much the shipping was when I just tried to go to the store. To California? Yeah. Um, from New York. For my brother. $20. $60. I don't what? even think his gift was $60. And it cost $60 for shipping. I was like so caught off guard. I was like, I did. I guess I could have just said no and been like, I'm going to keep this gift for myself. But I was like, I, okay. And I just did it. And I was like, I'm not sending anybody else anything on my own. So anyways, don't let that happen to you. Don't be like, you know, caught up with 10 people behind you in line at the UPS store and like find yourself paying $60 for shipping to (laughs) just get a cool gift from like movement watches you really can't go wrong they have so much cool stuff that you could buy and you don't have to end up like myself with a lot of uh i don't know what you call it shipping regret 
Plus, there's just too many steps. It's like got to find a box, got to have tape on you to tape up the box. Like just let the professionals do it. Totally. You know, I mean, handle it. the guy at the store did did put it in the box for me, but Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's not he was he was he was being very nice. I don't think that's typical. So yes, all of that applies. <laughs> well, if you're not Laura, <laughs> you don't get VIP treatment. Okay, tell them what what's your favorite? Is it like the watches, the blue light glasses? So I I love the watches, but I also the thing that I wear the most for movement are my movement sunglasses. I think they're really cute, and I really like the price points. I've gotten gifts for pretty much everybody in my family for movement at some point, so I can vouch for them. I think they're great. Um, here's the deal with their gifting situation because, you know, the holidays are coming up. Movement has super sleek matte black packaging. Just add a bow and you're good to go. So much nicer than I'm sure whatever box the guy at the UPS store gave Laura. Oh, yeah. It was just a brown box with bubble wrap. I got to say, boxes matter. It's boxes. It's exciting to get like a fancy box in the mail. No, this is why I like I don't want to buy. I don't know. I probably shouldn't like say the big A word, but like I don't like buying gifts on Amazon because it's like just like looks cheesy you know I mean yeah I mean I have plenty of Amazon packages in my lobby right now but it's it's true it's sort of like the white noise of boxes I mean for gifting for gift for gifting like you want to get it you want to like you want to get it in like a nice sleek matte black box like movement does yeah um so you get the cool box. Their products are one size fits all, so you don't need to know that much about the person you're getting them for. Uh, their gift guides help you find the gift that fits their style. Plus, their shipping is fast, and they offer free returns all the way into next year, so you won't need it anyway, but it's good to know just in case. Also, we're hooking it up. Get 15% off today with fast, free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash this is why. That's 15% off today with free shipping and free returns. Go to movement.com, mvmt.com slash this is why. We would like to thank our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. I have to say, Angela, I'm sure there's things in life I should be looking forward to a little more than talking to my therapist every week on the phone. But I literally, like today I was walking, I was like, ooh, I'll talk to her about this. I'll talk to her about that. And I make little notes in my notes app on my phone about things I'm excited to like talk to my therapist about and like get her take. Um, Even though I know her take's always going to like relate back to like larger themes of my like childhood issues, even though sometimes I like just want really specific advice and not related to the themes. I, it's like I have made big, big, major growth. My therapist is amazing. And it takes a long time to find the right therapist. And it's kind of nice that BetterHelp, they like, I don't know, it's like a, like a matchmaker for therapy. Is that, I don't know if that's, yeah. I don't know if that's how they would want me to call them. But well- as we've talked about before, yeah. I think finding a therapist is so much like dating that it's a very good comparison to to say this is like a matchmaker. Personally, I had the worst day ever today because my new therapist who I really loved, we kind of kind of broke up today. What? She was out of network and we couldn't agree on like a price point. Oh, I didn't know this was like a negotiating thing. It was it was a whole thing. And honestly, insurance is so complicated and I cannot stand it. Uh, but hey, better help is affordable. So go with better help. You won't run into the heartbreak that I am experiencing right now. I hope. Um, they also offer a lot of other perks that, uh, regular therapists don't do. Like for example, you can send a message to your counselor anytime, which I couldn't do with my therapist. There's no way I could do that. That would be called crossing boundaries with my therapist. But But I, I wish not a better help. I wish. So badly I could do that, Angela, because there's sometimes just like in the moment things come up and I'm like, how do I respond to this email? If only I could ask my therapist. Have a therapist on demand. Yeah. Uh, You can do that here. Um, You get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without ever having to sit in in an uncomfortable waiting room, which is great in these COVID times. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. 
What I also like, Angela, is they're very clear. This is not self-help. It's professional counseling. And I don't know. I hope you and I never get, like, looped in into some, like, self-helpy category because we're very clear. We just give, like, best friend, big sister advice. We don't pretend to be any, like, self-helpy experts by any means because that kind of shit just, like, I have no tolerance for all of the, like, coaches that, like, right. have no – um that like really have no training, you know, like I have a friend that's like literally not taken any therapy self-help, like no classes and is like some coach. And I'm like, I like, I've literally just been like, I can't hang out with you because I just don't support what you're doing. You're taking people's money and you have no experience. But anyways. Yeah. You want to go to a professional. Go to a professional. For this sort of thing. Go to professional. They're not self-help. They are licensed. They're professional counselors. So we want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash this is why. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash this is why. This week's topic is an uncertain future, which we touched on in our listener questions. And um, for me, as a person who is pretty obsessed with making plans um, and not being a very spontaneous person, 2020 has been really hard for me. It's been a real lesson in coping with the unknown. Um, It's not just the pandemic and not knowing what's going to happen with that. It's like, my wedding, a wedding, a lot of planning goes into a wedding. And now I have to adjust the idea that like with my rescheduled date, I won't know if it's even going to happen up until like a month or two before that, before the wedding. And I just got to kind of go with the flow. And then like my dad getting sick, not knowing what was happening with that. We're actually recording this episode on the eve of the election. It will come out a while after it, but that's a huge unknown right now that is very stressful. Yeah, people are probably like, why are they not talking about the election? It's because we don't know what happens tomorrow. I can't think about we it don't. right now. Yeah. Uh, hopefully um, future us are I'm, very happy right now. Exactly. I'm the same way with you when it comes to planning. I'll never forget that I was at a job at a magazine and I always thought it was helpful to like put in your vacation days early. And I put in, like, I, pl- I literally plan everything. Like, I, I know, like, what weddings I would be going to. I know what vacations I'm going to have that year. So I remember I, I, like, at a job in a magazine, I'd been there maybe a year. And I, for the next year, I, like, put in my vacation requests for the entire year. Because I just knew my year plan. I'm like, I have this many vacations. I know exactly how I'm going to spend them. And I remember thinking that I was doing something good by like advance notice. And instead they were like, this is very rude to put oh in God. your vacation days so early when it's like rude because I other know pe- that. I guess because like other people might want those dates. And I was like, oh. but they haven't asked. Like they're welcome to also be a planner like me and ask ahead of time. But like, I want to like book my vacation tickets or like I need to I need to go to this wedding like and I remember them saying it was like rude of me because like other people might want these dates even though like some of the weeks were like very random weeks and I like I remember just thinking that like okay the person telling me this is baffling me and like clearly they are just like not a planner and their brain does not think the way that I do and something that I think I'm doing that is like helpful to my job and my to my boss and manager that like I have the whole year plan like what an amazing employer employee to like be so organized like he told me I was rude I was like a fucking <laughs> dick but anyway like I'm just a Virgo I'm not rude <laughs> I'm not rude I'm just a Virgo so anyways when it comes to an uncertain future Angela my point is I'm very much with you I'm like I'm such a planner to the point that I've been told that my over planning is rude by my bosses in the past um, I feel you no so I get it like it's yeah it's 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 very scary I I keep like I keep having all these calendar reminders throughout like COVID because I thought COVID was gonna be over a long time ago now I realize it's like who knows when it's gonna be over but I I was like book that trip to Greece and like like that was like four months ago in my calendar and when I got to that and my I was like what am I doing today on Tuesday I was like ha 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 that's hilarious you're so funny Laura you had put buy your tickets for 2021 to Greece very very funny you're never vacationing ever again 
But at the same time, I couldn't bring it upon myself to like delete any calendar. Like I was like, I liked seeing it because I was like, oh, in another life, I'm having a lot of fun right now. Yeah, exactly. But in this one, I'm not. That's hilarious. (laughs) I thought I was going to be vacationing in 2021. I mean, I I hope I can, but like I'm not booking it in 2020. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. My trip's not being booked. I mean, unless I'm one of those like careless millennials that everyone keeps writing about that like are shamelessly posting their their out of touch pictures but yeah anyways um anyways what else do you so, got for us so for me i like sometimes when i'm going through a weird feeling it helps me cope with it if i like discover that there's like a little name for it or it's like a phenomenon that other people are experiencing so i was reading up on the idea of anticipatory grief which i mentioned earlier And um, it struck a chord with me because I would say like over the summer when things – we got like a glimpse of normalness a little bit over the summer. We Like we were able to sort of see people outside and do outdoor dining again and like things sort of felt like they were going back to a version of life. And I still just like felt this dread all the time and I felt really sad and I would just be like, why can't I just like adapt to this new – lifestyle and like enjoy the things that are good that are happening. And I realized it's because I had that feeling of like being afraid of what was going to happen in the future and like already grieving something that wasn't that hadn't happened yet. Um oh this is interesting. My therapist talks about this a lot when when I like I like freak out about something that hasn't happened. She's like, you don't know that thing is going to happen. Like, so you're basically wasting like emotional energy on something that like doesn't exist. And so I've been really working on that. (laughs) And yes. And it's like, so it's a phenomenon. And like I said, I like like being able to put a name on something and knowing it's a thing that other people go through as well. And like reading up on it, it's something that people like when a parent gets sick, they'll feel it because they'll start like grieving the parent passing away before it even happened oh I've been grieving my parents passing since I was a child like exactly I I I can literally remember like crying in my bed while I was a babysitter and just and it was about the existential knowledge that my parents were going to die one day so I have been grieving their death since I was like eight years old so it's it's yeah it's awful I, I mean like I've been grieving I've been grieving my dog's death since she was a puppy I'm like I can't believe she's not going to be with me one day like she's my best friend Right. And I think like this year, especially like now we're afraid of everyone that we love catching this illness that like we still don't really understand. It's like we're just walking around like with grief inside of us that like even if it hasn't touched our lives yet, we're afraid of when it inevitably will. So So do you have any tips for like how we cannot feel this way? Because it's an awful feeling to walk around this way. And I like I mean, like any tips I have have been about like mindfulness and meditation and like not thinking about that exterior and just like trying to be more in the moment but that's like a you know that that is it's a long practice and I've really 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 been working on it like it's I have like a lot of a lot of concerns and like logistical things I've been like having to figure out and I've just been like oh my and 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 it's hard to stop my mind from wandering even when I am like in something as enjoyable as like a prenatal acupuncture session I'm like oh why I'm I'm allowed one hour from me, you know, I'm allowed one hour to like not have this like existential grief and have all these fears and concerns and I can't do it. It's really hard. I've been like really working on like this mindfulness thing. So besides practicing mindfulness, which I would recommend to anybody and it's something like I would love if any of our listeners want to do along with me because I'm trying to be on the mindfulness journey of just like, it's like, it's kind of like be in the moment, but not that it's like right. deeper than that. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's basically like getting rid of this existential grief of of a your wa- wasted emotional energy about things that that aren't there. What right. what other tips do you have? So, uh, I read this interview with David Kessler, who is an expert on grief, and who I think is like maybe the person that kind of coined this term. Um, but he talks about it a lot, and he kind of he says they they asked him in this Harvard Business Review interview where he said um, they said how can you manage this grief, and he said understanding the stages of grief is a good way to start and remembering that the stages aren't linear, like they can happen in different orders. Um, But he said in terms of the virus, the stages of grief are like first or whenever there's denial where you're like, this isn't going to affect me. Everything's going to be fine. Then you get angry that like you're being forced to stay home and your activities are being taken away. Then you start bargaining And that's like, if I social distance for a little bit, then maybe things will be okay later. And you feel sad. Uh, 
because you don't know when it'll end. And then he said, finally, once you go through all of those feelings, hopefully you can reach a place of acceptance where you're just like, this is happening and I have to figure out how to proceed. And you can kind of feel a sense of control in the situation once you accept it. So it's like accepting that that there's an unknown and we're just gonna like wait it out I think it's really hard for my parents they want to know when they're gonna see their grandchild again um so some of that can be hard to do but it's good to know that yes sometimes you do have to just go through these stages and hopefully you can find a place of just the unknown is okay yes and like accept that there are things that you can do to keep yourself safe and like hopefully make it go away eventually which is like wash your hands and social distance and do that stuff like accept those things and don't fight against the idea of them there you go it can help all right on that note we're gonna move on to talk about what we have been reading in the news what have you been reading angela in the news so CNN, of all places, is reporting uh, on YouTube's new most viewed video ever. And that video is – well, actually, do you have a guess at what it could be? Sorry, I already saw what you wrote oh, your article yeah. in the rundown. Okay. Do you know what so it was? I don't was? even want to, like, pretend. That would be on – I don't know. That would, well, that would it be just, disingenuous. It just dethroned the previous – top video on YouTube, which was Despacito, which I had no idea that the Despacito video was so popular. I um, had no idea. That, that, that to me is the biggest shocker of all. I know, but it was just dethroned by none other than Baby Shark, uh, which is actually not surprising. It's way less surprising than Despacito because every child loves Baby Shark. Um, Baby Shark just reached 7.04 billion views on YouTube. I was very late to Baby Shark. Some mom in my mom group sent a video of, I think it was like Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon, one of the late night hosts doing like a parody of Baby Shark. And I was like, what is this? Why is this funny? I had just never heard the Baby Shark song. Thank God. Like, I think you can be in a bubble and just like not know what Baby Shark is. The important question is, has Rilo heard it? He has and he likes it, but like, I just don't play it. And then he doesn't ask for it. And he hasn't, if he would ask, if he asked for it, I would play it for him. But he, he never became obsessed where it was like an issue in the house. Um, and so I lucked out because it's (laughs) a awful song. Kids love it though. It is like musical crack to them. I don't know why. Sure is. But yeah, he's obsessed with Blippi, which is another YouTube star. And actually the songs are not that bad. They're about like tractors and boats and like things I don't really care about. But the tunes are sometimes very lovely. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Glad to hear that. Uh, what have you been reading about? I've been reading Business Insider. This is by Hilary Bruick. Should you dine in a restaurant tent this year? It depends on five safety factors. So you and I, Angela, have been doing a lot of the outdoor dining. And yes. it's been very safe because, like, the wind blows and you're six feet away from the, like, other tables. And, you know, I put the mask on when the waiter comes over. It's yes. If you don't, you should because it's, it's kind to the waiter. Um, but it's it's getting really cold, though. Yeah. And they say, like, airflow, sunlight both help, like, nix the cor- – not completely nix, but, like, prevent coronavirus because there's a lot of airflow. It's, like, blowing, blowing all the air around. What you really don't want is, like, indoor air that, like, circulates. And there were all those diagrams early on in the pandemic that showed how there was, like, one diner that had coronavirus in this restaurant and, like, how all the diners around them, like, got it. And, like, it was all – it followed basically, like, the air conditioner's, like, airflow of the restaurant in this, like – I think it was, like, a clockwise or, like, counterclockwise, um, like, circular motion. It was, like, crazy. It, like, missed the people right next to them on his, like, right. But, like, all the people, like, even far away, it just followed the airflow of the restaurant. It was totally interesting. Terrifying. Totally terrifying. Um, but as winter descends, more outdoor dining spots are erecting these outdoor tents because it's freezing. Like even the other day I was supposed to do like a outdoor double date and, um, and, and they were like, oh, let's cancel. It's like too cold. I was like, if it's, it's fall, like if you're, think it's too cold to do like an outdoor double date with us right now, like, cool. We're just never going to see you for another like four (laughs) months because it's going to get even colder. So they interviewed Dr. Megan Murray is an infectious disease expert at Harvard. And she says some of the safest dining 
possible would be outdoors in the sun with a decent breeze. The most dangerous would be a very crowded space with good ventilation like bars. Tent dining sits somewhere in the middle of those two extremes. It's probably better than being in a tightly enclosed space without any open windows in a bar, but it's not being outdoors and in the sunlight either. Just because you're in a tent, uh, you know, to assume that because you're in a tent, you're getting the same advantages of being outside just because you're cold is not correct. So if you're going to consider dining in a tent, here's the five things to consider. Staying in your household pod when dining out and avoiding crowds is best. So really like I wouldn't probably wouldn't do like a double date in a pod because they're not in my household unless I know they've like totally quarantined or gotten tested. You know, now that I'm pregnant, I have to be very careful. Whereas not that I was being a lot more liberal, but I would I, I we did do like a few double dates with another couple like outdoors in the sun with a breeze. Right. And like we, we like, you know, would wear the mask almost the whole time except when we were eating. And then we'd like we'd eat. And then if we like finish a meal, put the mask back on. I don't know. We're just right. trying to like limit as much like talking at each other without a yeah, mask as it's, possible. It's mitigation. Like exactly. you're, you're lowering your, your risk. Yeah. It's all like risk. So ideally there's some downtime in between tent groups to let the tent air out, which restaurants are not going to do that. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> nope. Befriend breezes, fans, and sunlight. There's not going to be very much of that probably. Uh, make sure everyone's mask game is strong, which, you know, if you're eating, it's, you can't really do that. Um, consider case counts in your area. So I think the moral of the story is like you can, you know, yeah, j- pay attention. You could call up your restaurant and ask how much air, you know, do you air out the tents or yeah. what's the very first reservation of the night? You know, those are all good she, questions. She did also say that if she had to do a tent, she would do one of those little individual ones rather than the big group ones. Yes, yes, yes. Which yes, is interesting because yes. like if you've seen some restaurants have like the little igloos, which I guess if you're going into that with somebody who's already in your quote unquote pod, then it's kind of okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, so maybe that will be our hope for the winter yeah. and getting out a little bit. I hope so. Um, when in doubt, get the food to go. Still support your restaurants, but just get That's it true. to go and bring it home. Um, that is it for this week's This Is Why podcast. Check out our book, This Is Why You're Single, and my new book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. We encourage you to ask your local indie bookstore to order them for you. Yes, and you can get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors for a full list of our sponsors and the codes. Check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhypodcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes, and thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why, this is why, pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why, the podcast. That was a HeadGum Podcast.